Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we stay home and laugh our asses off as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 122nd episode in the series, Twice in a Lifetime. No kidding, Buzz is here too? (laughs) Actually, everybody's named Buzz. (laughs) I know. Um, there are not enough guys anymore named Buzz. I feel like the last Buzz I heard about was Buzz from Home Alone in like 1992. Buzz Lightyear. Uh, oh yeah, all right, fine. 1995. That homo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this one? Um, I like it. It's so goofy. Like I feel like I'm looking right now at all of my notes, and it's just like quotes <laughs> and just like observations. And the gag at the very end. Um, I think sometimes we talk about like what we loved as kids. And I, I think I may have thought that that scene with like you, the ladies man, Tommy was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen on TV. It's so like goofy. Making fun of a senile old man. <laughs> right? Like, but it keeps going, which like, and I don't he, know. That guy delivers, man. He and does. He's like, your ass, what? And he says, Tommy, in like a really hilarious way. And he's wearing a robe. And everything about it is really fucking funny, like objectively. So even if it makes no sense, it actually, that totally makes sense that that was like your favorite part. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it feels like it like appeals to, um, you know, it's like a very low common denominator. But I don't know, when you're eight, <laughs> that really killed for me. I know, right? I um when I think of this uh, episode, I just immediately flash to Buzz's band suit. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> that's all I see. The first sighted person never dressed like that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I I I like it even despite its goofiness because well one it's an episode of the Golden Girls but two um, that I think they do a good job with the Buzz character of making him like pretty affable and charming and like accessible at first right as opposed to like um other guest stars that we've seen you know especially the uh the you know the boyfriend who rose is like i can't remember his name <laughs> like, like where he's just sort of a wet blanket from the beginning whereas like they actually do a good job like as the episode progresses and as rose sort of discovers that like oh wait this guy's full of shit again right it's like a I feel like it's a slow progression, like a Malcolm Gordon thing, you know, where you're yeah. like, oh, I'm on your side, I'm on your side. And then you're like, no, I'm not. No, you're just like an old fuck boy. <laughs> yeah. Totally. In a band. Of course, we know the type. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, although I will say, you know, I think we discussed, you know, previously of Miles having a good streak of good boyfriendness, that it is unfair to him from the beginning yeah i dislike no, totally. it um and especially since and we'll get to this that i think he actually does a good job again of being a good bo- boyfriend throughout this episode yeah no i totally agree um okay so let's back up and talk about mr big <laughs> because oh the best the best intro the, the intros are like they're hitting them out of the fucking park lately <laughs> <They're so good>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like this one is so um it's so great because I feel like the thing about it is like you could have almost written it as a fan of the show like you could be like okay Sophia is hanging out with a bad crowd like that's a story that we've seen a million times where like she's the teenager and Dorothy's her mom um and like naturally Blanche is gonna know the dancer and like it's just it's so like 
golden girls, you know, like patented. Um, but it, it totally, you're right. It totally slays. <laughs> and just, and Blanche looking up from the magazine. I know that guy. It's yeah. A stage name. <laughs> One, two punch, you know, like the audience laughs at the first bit and then, oh, and then again, it comes back around of like, you know, I called, well, because you weren't there. Guess who got lucky? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. But yet again, this sets up, that, that's almost like the peak of the B story for me. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it is just so asinine. It's yet another threat to move out in which a character makes good on. And I must say, I always confuse the apartment she moves into with the apartment that Rose moves into. Um, but this one's even fucking weirder because you've got, you know. <laughs> a fine art collector who wants a roommate. <laughs> oh my God. And also just like they're trying to make some sort of subversive point about how the maid has like art sense. So like, why the hell is there a Surratt and a Jackson Pollock in this? Like what what happened to us being poor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we just like have fun with the storylines guys but this is it's bouncing all over the map yeah no (laughs) um it definitely looks very similar to um rose's apartment with liz and stephanie um and i guess so i feel like this is a little bit more of a legitimate reason to move out it's not but i guess like you could see it from I don't know. It makes more sense than if your roommates are getting annoyed at you getting calls in the middle of the night. You know, it's yeah. like if you were having like a a confrontation with your daughter about your own independence, that could easily sort of boil over, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, honestly, the, the calls in the middle of the night could too. And I think the problem with both scenarios is that they only have 22 minutes to explain it all. So it's like really thin on both counts, you know? Yeah. But but yeah, I, I see what you're saying, especially at the end of your life. You're like, well, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. So the problem <laughs> I have with it is like, you can't afford it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> so anyway, it's just really, really hilarious. Um, but I do want to talk about, I, let's go back to Buzz um, when he shows up. Uh, this, so this, this uh, guest star, um, it's just a fun fact that I happen to know is that he uh, was the star of this movie called Too Many Girls <laughs> back in 1940. Uh, that was the movie that Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz met in. Wow. Bizarre. And let me tell you, I looked this up and like that, this guy, like Buzz, looked like an old man when he was a young man. <laughs> like he's one of those guys. <laughs> I can see it. He's just like, he should be probably wearing the checkered suit and just like, he's basically the same with just darker hair. It's hilarious. Yeah, I actually, um, I pulled up his headshot when I was researching him. His name is Eddie Bracken um, and he's from New York City, which is really cool. Um, But he looks the exact same. Like every single photo of him is like, is that Buzz? Buzz is here too. (laughs) So I see that. (laughs) Oh man. But um, all right. So, what do you think about what do you think about the the sort of conceit here of like Buzz? You know, said he was going to come back for Rose, and then she fell in love with Charlie, which of course doesn't match because you know they met. She met Charlie when she was eight, but whatever. Um, <laughs> sold her a nickel policy uh, for his wagon insurance company. Um, but yeah, anyway, what what do you what do you think about this whole thing? It's like the whole premise is this like the one that got away type of thing, which we've seen a few times on the show. I think executed much better <laughs> than this one. 
<laughs> but what do you think about all of it? Um, wow. Well, I first thought you were going to ask me about little Yimini, um, but I guess we get really into the, the meat and potatoes here. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think that we've seen this a lot. And I will say, like, I think recycled storylines happen on sitcoms, whatever. I think it's actually yeah. um, really easy for them as writers and creators of this show to weave in these types of like ones that got away because like yeah. Rose had 56 boyfriends. Like we, you know, there was probably a lot of guys who like there was a spark with it, especially at the time when they were dating, like you probably couldn't have even followed through to a point where it was clear it wasn't going to work out, you know? So like that they would have these sort of flames. Sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like my big issue is that like Buzz doesn't seem to mature at all. And also like, yeah, like Miles, you know, like Miles is up, up until this point, at least like he's been such a stand-up guy and she seems to really like him. And I kind of get her not telling him initially, I guess, but it doesn't feel very Rose, I guess, you know, to like, yeah, yeah. as soon as she feels like she's doing something wrong, it's a little um I don't know it just feels like a big risk for not that big of a reward and then my biggest problem is when she's like maybe I'm gonna go with him like maybe she's gonna leave her whole life for this guy who basically just showed up like that part really takes me out of it um so yeah I mean I I generally agree is that what your critiques are yeah and I think like I I get the like you know like as Dorothy says what is this hole that Blanche has over you, right? And it's like, Blanche is like, yeah, yeah, like first love can be very powerful, right? Like that, I get that. Uh, yeah. So I, un- I can understand even if he did not mature and actually maybe especially if he did not mature that he's sort of giving off the same vibes as she remembers him, that she sort of gets sucked back into this past, you know? And I, so I, I get that. I can, I can relate to that piece of it too. But to your point, my problem is that she is kind of like doing this like double team with Miles until he kind of calls her out on it, which is weird. Like I, you know, I mean, she she's still, you know, she still like confesses she's not, she's not like following, you know, um, Blanche's terrible advice <laughs> to like, you know, keep things a secret, etc., as we will see later with uh, Sophia and Cesar Romero. But um, yeah, I think it's just like it just seems bizarre for her to make that choice. And I think it's interesting that the way that she sort of calls it off, or I guess sees Buzz for who he is, is that he insults Charlie, not that he insults Miles or like has that sort of pseudo macho confrontation with Miles when yeah. they're both in the living room. I think that's my problem with it. Of like, I mean, I, it's, it's a fine enough solve, right? Like, don't, don't fucking say anything about Charlie, you idiot. Um, but you know, uh, cause Charlie was cheap you know. though. <laughs> Let's just <Yeah>. say it. <laughs> true. It's very true. Um, but it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just like feels disrespectful for miles. <laughs> it guess. is disrespectful. I think that's totally right. And it's also like, you know, there's some really gross masculinity stuff going on there that miles really kind of like, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't immediately go to it but I do think it's interesting that like he has that moment and it's obviously like it's not it's 
like a two on a scale from one to 10, right? It's not that bad, but he's like, I'm not going to let this happen and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like riled up. And so I feel like it doesn't actually come from like a, like a misogynistic place, you know, but it, yeah, you can't really unintertwine the vibe of it. I guess. That is so interesting that you said that because I was struggling with it too, where especially like, I, I struggle with this as well and like especially my attraction to men yeah I'm sorry about that for (laughs) for all of you (laughs) (laughs) it's a burden um but that there is a certain like I I remember this is stay with me here it's gonna I'm gonna take you on a weird ride but I remember when like the very first Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show was on South Park did like a spoof on it where it was like basically like all of these like straight guys were getting made over and they were wearing like pink pants and carrying purses and like all this whole stuff and like the whole like conclusion at the end of like the South Park episode was like we we want like our straight men to be like straight men sometimes like and that (laughs) meant in our society that they sometimes would be like more forceful and like say things like I'm not going to stand for that. You know, like basically yes. miles, right? Like I'm a man. Miles yeah. is, yeah, thing instead of being like more effeminate, et cetera, right? And this is this is way generalizing, obviously. But that's what it made me think of like where you can't, like to your point, I think that Miles ire at the end and when he refers to himself as being a macho jerk, he's actually really, if you if you could separate it from our, terrible patriarchal misogynistic society and the way that gender roles have been assigned to femininity and masculinity um especially for straight men straight couples um that like he actually is just sort of standing up for himself and he's like drawing a boundary and saying like this is what i need and want and like that's that's going to be the term of this relationship right (laughs) like it's somewhat forceful but like you can't separate it out. So the way he goes is like, he's like, I just come in here like some macho jerk and get exactly what I want, right? Like, I hate that sum up line because I actually do think separated from our terrible like gender roles and all of this stew that we are steeped in, it's actually fairly fair. (laughs) Yeah. In an ultimatum sense, but in a sense of like, look, we had a relationship. You're changing the terms. I don't like these terms these are my terms. Are we still together? Like that's more or less what he's saying. Totally fair. Yeah. And I think like, you're right. It's all about the, that was a really, I enjoyed that. What a ride. (laughs) Yeah. Back to the early 2000s. Um, I know. Right. And name dropping two other shows, which I don't do as often as. Yeah. Well, (laughs) she contains multitudes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that's a, really uh super like really astute observation because like yeah he's right and I think we have seen it's delivered in a different way but also again because of the way that like we have to perform gender in everything including through our communication of our feelings and what we need but like we've seen the girls do exactly that and be like Dorothy in Glenn O'Brien I feel like is like sort of the classic example where she's like I'm not gonna do this so we're not doing anything and I feel like that's what Miles is is saying here which he's you're right he's totally in the right to do and also like even if Rose I don't know like Rose lied to him so if he had a minute of like I can't trust you that he's totally you know like I think anybody would understand that so um 
and I just, I think it is so another reason why it's like easier to stomach coming from miles than like, I don't know, Rex or something is because he, it's so out of character for him. And I think it's truly just his emotions, you know, like he's just yeah, feeling emotional, emotional. right. Yeah. Rather than also, like, I mean, buzz does kind of make you like, we want to punch him in the face. You know? Yeah, you, know, you get it. <laughs> So yeah. I would, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> yeah, we totally get it. We totally, we get, totally it. get it, Miles. <laughs> um, so what about um... <laughs> Purple Martin? <laughs> so is it possible? <laughs> love it. <laughs> is it possible to love two men at the same time? Is it possible to love two people at the same time? Have you ever well, been in such a scenario? <laughs> I mean, that would, my answer would be exactly Blanche's answer. Um, <laughs> Set the scene. <laughs> oh so great so good um love in the love in the emotional sense that rose is discussing not in the not in the doinking sense that blanche right exactly yeah totally i've never Um, been in that scenario but only because i've i've been only in infatuation and really just in actual love once that's what i think too i think we're both too decisive to have that as people i think that's actually true um i think i've been like interested in two people at the same time but I think if I were in a place where Rose and Miles were like yeah I would be totally like yeah it it just wouldn't be a a thing that would happen to me I don't think but it is it's totally because of my personality and I I don't doubt that it could happen especially in this circumstance if she's like relatively settled with Miles and there's like somebody that she like never really got over I get it I get it initially I guess but like the continuing is sort of where I also like even like flirting a little bit I think I I can understand and relate to but I I feel like the continuing and the being unsure yeah I don't really feel like that's me yeah because that's the whole thing like setting aside the morality of actually like quote unquote unquote, double timing you know somebody (laughs) um that not double teaming somebody as Blanche is referring to. Um, yeah, really I makes think, a distinction here tonight. <laughs> yes, it's very, very clear. <laughs> I think that um, that's the part that I personally can't relate to is that this goes on for weeks, right? Of like her not actually being able to make a decision about like which direction to go into. Again, being confused by past infatuation, fine. But like, yeah, it's just kind of funny. And it's just, it's just hilarious that like, when she says like okie dokie to miles it's like it, it it's kind of it's funny just because it's funny and cutesy and rose like but it also is like such a relief to her own psyche it's the same thing like when you break up with somebody even if it's just the one person you're dating and you're like god i wish they like could just be an asshole so this would be easier and it's so right. easy right because buzz is an asshole and she's like okay done i love miles <laughs> yeah yeah and i think she also like you're right like because it's also it's like her life that she's gonna be shaking up like so it's more than even just her relationship yeah you're Um, right like that's actually a way bigger decision in favor of the buzz direction right because she was gonna shake up everything else so the fact that she was considering that means that man her and miles have to work on some stuff (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, um i want to call out the green pilgrim dress um, oh yes like of course like always like to, to call those out um, absolutely which unfortunately I, don't, I did not see in uh the betty white um auction collection uh oh, no I, know. I mean that would be a high ticket item i think that's very true <laughs> um 
So I want to just. Nor like, was the plain sweater in the collection either. Of so. course not. That's that is a million dollar item at least. Um, speaking of Blanche, sort of getting a little X-rated, like the baseball thing is raunchy as hell. Oh, yeah, man. Oh my oh, god, yeah. I knew it. Like I knew it was coming up, but I guess I didn't remember exactly. But I was like, oh my! It's like there's several things where they are. Just like, I can't believe what got on network TV at this time. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but what was it like in bed? She never talked about that. <laughs> Classic. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Um, all right. One, one, I only have one more comment about the A story, which is just the whole, it's like living with Cher. <laughs> now she's with the other one. oh oh my god now she's with the other boyfriend it like I fucking love that because it's like it's so perfectly outside of the like drama going on because she's completely outside of the drama but she also knows it's happening in her own house just because that's what you know and it's just like such a perfect roommate thing right of just being just so involved enough to comment on it and be sassy about it (laughs) but like not actually know what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah it's a really really funny good it's, it's a really good, one. good it's really good so um let's let's go back oh go ahead no i was just gonna say i think the line she follows that up with is actually like quite harsh when she's like um the sluts in here being stupid and someone's oh, out yeah. there acting like a slut like and it's interesting because like it doesn't i don't know it doesn't like sting but it, it does feel different from that the share line which i think is just like so funny and gets such a big oh, laugh yeah um and then it's like it's almost mean and I feel like it, well, it kind of reminds yeah. me of like the you know the B. Arthur stuff exactly this is this is I mean we're deep in you know towards the end of season five here like this is actually getting into the actual like the mean Sophia like right you know, the, the playing that up and that's that's as part of it you know um which is interesting because I feel like that's what a lot of friend fans remember is like the whole like the slut and the moron thing and whatnot and it you know it's it is funny at times, but to your point, this particular delivery is a little harsh. Yeah, <laughs> right? Okay. Cool. But, um, um, all right, so so the B storyline where, you know, it's absolutely not compatible with the very realistic points that the show tries to make about Reagan and Bush era politics when it comes to old people in retirement. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, the, I, I, the only thing I really have to say is again what I said earlier, which is why is there a Surratt and a Jackson Pollock in this apartment? <laughs> I don't know. Why is one of them in the bathroom? That's a, the other great question. I, that's another great question. <laughs> there couldn't be a worse place to have a piece of fine art. <laughs> is, is the idea that the maid is going to like night school as an artist or the idea is that she's a maid because she went to art school? Ooh, wow. Sick burn. Another Marguerite uh, situation. <laughs> Uh, every time you say margarita i just i miss that episode like i want to record that episode again because it's so fucking funny oh my god so good uh, anyway but I, I love this maid i mean this maid needs to be in more things right like a classic um guest stars that just over deliver right and just like it's a shame that they're just so small same thing with old man you know um yeah always wear the ladies man but um it's How's the team look <laughs> everything is funny <laughs> i told you i'm going out with the girls tonight um 
yeah but anyway it's just it's just a bizarro like i love that they're just having fun with it because there's like two fantastic characters in a less than what four minute ending (laughs) sequence here um but it's it you know it's just one of those things where because of the great characters because they are great because they're wacky and make no sense therefore the entire storyline makes no sense so anyway it makes no sense it's so like yeah there's so many plot holes um I do love this like Blanche hasn't been so heavily featured and I feel like every time she's come in it's been like something sexually explicit um but (laughs) I love when she like punches above her weight class with art and like she you know like she works 12 hours a week so she's like considers herself an expert still though you know and like I don't know I just I love when she kind of gets hers when there's somebody who knows more than art about her um and then this one like it's not it's not you know confrontational or anything she kind of is like oh yeah like (laughs) yeah but I I love it and then she goes with her she's like oh yeah I want to see it like she actually has like some appreciation here which I think is she does she just thinks she's going to be able to mansplain art to everyone in the room Exactly. What's great is that, I mean, that's, that's the setup of the joke, right? That the maid knows more than her. Um, And it's like this like class issue, but yeah, the maid is so likable because she's just like, oh, I totally just schooled you, but Hey, you seem to actually, I'm going to take you at your word that you are an art appreciator. Let's go to the John, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It's really kind of like a healthy thing. Oh, too funny. Um, I really adore the, can I still hang out with my friends? No, wrong answer. (laughs) I feel like that is like an amazingly sassy response that I wish I used on a more frequent basis, (laughs) even though I'm not a Sophia. I know I'm not a Sophia and I wouldn't say that to people in earnest often. Um, (laughs) But I I really- You might, you might, yeah, but I want to use it at least in jest because that is really great. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> love like, it. Ask my husband, it's like, hey, can you can you do me a favor? No, wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a really great God. exchange. <laughs> it's magnificent. So, um, but as far as like the, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's like this, this episode again, it, you know, talking about reusing storylines, like the, the issue is, as you discussed earlier, like the limitations on your independence. But as we also have discussed in previous episodes, such as Sophia driving, sitting on a phone book, like there's actual consequences, um, negative consequences that can happen from an older person sort of going buck wild, right? So it's like, it's kind of an interesting, like they, this episode does not touch it whatsoever in terms of like getting deep. But that is a huge issue of getting older is that you actually are about to like lose some privileges in many cases, mostly due to your failing health and physical abilities. So anyway, it's like it's buried, you know, uh, there's like an actual like, you know, topic buried deep, deep, deep inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right. And also, um, STDs are really uh, prevalent in older populations as well, That's because true. like there is so much, and, like, you know, there's so much, ex- somebody gets lucky and they go home. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but it's a really, this is a really, really tough one because like driving, I think you can point to something and say like, you're endangering other people. Yeah, something is that like presents on the surface. is just like you being out late at night. Like yeah, it's yeah. hard to be an adult, like a, 
a cognizant adult and like feel fully, um, you know, able to live as, as the way you used to, even though you actually can't. And then like, have that reality that like all of a sudden you have a curfew, you know, like that must be a particularly totally. tough thing for anybody. So I get it, but yeah, like you can't be out that late. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it like, it's also like, who'd you get lucky with? Like, these are the, these are the things where you're, the issue is that your daughter calls to look for you and you're not to be found. Like that's right. the, that's the real crux of it. Whether or not you're banging some guy you took home from the strip club is another story. Right. A lot of questions about Wolfies. What goes on there? <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. Um, right up there with uh, Rusty Anchor, you know? Lots of yeah. poetry. That's really hot fun. spot. Um, I really, I really don't have anything else. I mean, I think it's just, um, it's a very, it's a fun romp of an episode um, with a B story that I always forget <laughs> and a very, very memorable suit coat. it's a really great summary yeah yeah what about you do you have anything else how could I top that absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not all right perfect well that's a wrap let's join us next time we're going to discuss rabies slurpees and cartwheels as well as whether or not the communist or capitalist ideology is really the problem (laughs) take care everybody